Little Miss Sunshine, a brave little candle in a cave of mediocrity that shows us the way home. Little Miss Sunshine, the dark comedy, family drama. Um, I would say that it is a story of, story of an underdog. Uh, a little bit of a situational comedy and comedy of errors thrown in there too. Uh, it is directed by Jonathan Dayton and Valerie Ferris, written by Michael Arndt. And we've got a great cast, amazing cast, um, starring Greg Kinnear, Tony Collette, Steve Carell, Paul Dono, Abigail Breslin, and Alan Arkin. Came out in 2006. Um, it is funny and real and raw, strong, philosophical, existential, and wholesome. And I'm going to tell you why. There are spoilers, by the way. Uh, they won't come into play yet. I will let you know before I get there. So if you, uh, if you don't want to hear them or see them, then uh, don't, don't continue at that point. Um, I always let you know before I get into spoilers, there's definitely going to be some here because I want to talk about a couple of key scenes that I really enjoyed. But before we get there, I want to sell you on this because it's a beautiful movie and I really love it. So what is it? Let me summarize. Um, I think that it is a family drama with a lot of reality and a lot of heart. I think that when we get down to it, it is learning um, about... It is learning about? It is teaching you. It is giving you an opportunity to learn. Um, the movie is about being yourself and learning to accept yourself. And also how to navigate... How to, how to do that within... Um, a family structure, societal structure, cultural pressures, um, just to how you would consider all those elements while you were trying to figure out who you are, who you want to be. And I also think it is about winners and losers and what it means to be a winner, what it means to be a loser. And that language and that concept um, is very in the forefront of this film. I mentioned that it is a story of the underdog, which I love when it's done well, and this is done uh, immensely well, so there you go. I want to talk about three words here real quick. I, talked, I said that it was raw and strong and wholesome. If you know me a little bit, saying it's wholesome probably seems like, why, why did John like this film? I don't get it. Um, all these three words go together. I mean, if we have wholesome on one end of the spectrum and raw on the other end of the spectrum, strong in the middle, I mean, you can be you you, you can you can be raw in a strong way. You can be wholesome in a strong way. Um, it is not just strong in its explicit nature. There are some um, more adult, if you want to call it that, some more adult content. There are definitely discussions that are fairly, if I want to use the word again, strong in, in adult content or in more mature content, um, sexuality, etc. And I think that there's just, there's strong content, period. But I think that, again, that goes in either way. I think that um, these philosophical discussions sometimes about the meaning of life or how you should operate and navigate life are strong. They are expressed here very subtly, though those things, I think. They're, it's definitely not a heavy-handed or preachy film in that aspect. It is easy to swallow, um, easy to follow. So 
it's also strong in, in, I think it's just strong in its message, in the good message, the wholesome message. It is a strong representation of the realities of family life and being an individual within certain systems and the difficulties that that can bring and how you may need to um, renegotiate certain, I would say, I don't know, societal contracts um, uh, just to reorganize yourself as an individual within the world and figure out how you can be successful in defining success. Um, yeah, the rawness is definitely there. I mentioned it being a comedy of, of sorts, and there's a lot of diversity in the comedy because some of it is purely situational. you got some dad jokes thrown in there that are pretty safe. And then there's also just contrast comedy. There's also just... I, I really like high-contrast things in general, again, when they're done well, because high-contrast doesn't, equ doesn't, doesn't equal good. Um, but there's just a lot of contrast with content and then visual representation or even just the title of the movie. Um, and yeah, it's, yeah, the real or the raw, the strong, the wholesome, it is wholesome. The, the content is, is wholesome in its message. It is raw sometimes in its delivery, but I feel like that is a representation of realistic stuff that's happening here. Basically, to get a little more specific, we have a family unit that is very, um, we have a family unit that was probably not doing amazingly well before with just the two kids and the, and the, and the mom and dad there, but then you have unexpected circumstances with two more members of the family joining um, joining them last minute, and then they go on an adventure. Uh, then they go on an adventure, which was also unexpected, and they meet just a lot of conflict along the way uh, that those, those new individuals bring, that some of our original uh, family members bring to a lot, of, a lot of things to deal with and figure out, and conflict that just comes along this adventure. Um, some of it is very tangible conflict, unexpected stuff that no one could have prepared for, and again, situational conflicts, and some of them are just conflicts of the self that, that get brought up during this journey. Um, and it is a journey. They have to physically travel from one place to another. They're stuck in a van um, and dealing with things that, that are on the road and along the way. And, you know, I think that tragedy can bring us together at times. It can also tear us apart. That, that's a pretty easy-to-follow concept. Um, and we have just the, the spirit of a child. But again, we have, we have contrast, but we also have um, parallels, too. And I think that our youngest cast member and our oldest cast member here, uh, or their characters, uh, the, the youth and age of the characters... They end up having a lot of parallels in a way, in some interesting ways that may suggest uh, innocence and purity, and yet they're on opposite sides of the spectrum with little to no experience in life and a lot of life experience. Oh, man. How can I paint this anymore before I get into some spoilers soon? Um, I just don't know how many specifics I want to get into. We have a child who has, by 
Um, by the standards of the world, no business uh, being in a beauty pageant for a lot of reasons, not just physical appearance, but also just grace and movement and even attitude and um, not wanting to conform. And yet they have uh, won a spot in a beauty pageant and they want to they want to contend in that. And then we have the rest of the family with all these other things going on in the background that this child may be oblivious to, but then starts to learn about. Um, she's brought into the conflict. Um, they, they, they go. They try to make this child's dream come true and, and to really get, get her there and get her through it and um, to support her along the way in this thing that she wants to do while also using the beauty pageant as a metaphor for life, which is, again, very easy to follow here, very easy to swallow. It is so um, upfront about it. Um, our, our character paid, played by Paul, his name is Dwayne, uh, the teenage son. He it, it says this explicitly that life is just one big beauty pageant and uh, he doesn't like that and then we get into that whole discussion there. So, um, target audience. I think if you're into a more indie style, um, then you would dig this. I think the humor is there, the presentation is there. Um, it's definitely offbeat. Uh, again, dark comedy, it's got a heartwarming message, but you're not going to find it in the family section where all the Disney movies are, right? Like, again, it's rated R, but you're, it, it's, I think that it is a little aggressive maybe to show a child of, <laughs> of, um, Olive's age, Olive being played by, uh, Abigail Breslin, um, yeah, maybe a seven or eight year old probably, I think it'd go over their head a lot too. Um, but I think that a young, a, a tween, a tween can start to, to appreciate these concepts, and I think they're important concepts, and I think that they're things that we should be talking about with, with youth a lot earlier. And here's the thing, I really believe the message overrides any of that, of the profanity or anything else that you might be trying to shelter your child from. Um, I, I, there's, there's no gratuitous violence or gore or or um, sexual content in that way that's just to be... I don't know, it's all done here in... I want to say taste, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to unpack that in a second. The, those, any of that stuff that may happen, which is incredibly rare, is done in the spirit of the film, which is carrying a very positive message and an opportunity for people to discuss and learn and think about. Um, it is very... It is a very well-built stage for an acting opportunity for self-reflection and inner reflection. Um, yeah, that, that's, that's where it is. Again, it's done subtly. It's done through the lens of humor and comedy. Um, but we're dealing with real life stuff. And this is just what I love about it. I mentioned loving high contrast things. And, uh, we, we've got harsh language. We've got real 
topics but we also have this this individual who shouldn't be hearing these things maybe in that manner and the way that things are expressed but her learning life lessons at this age um, because it's necessity and I think that this movie teaches about not sheltering too much either so um, is it an important movie I would say yes and its function is beyond just entertainment I think that um, again, this may not be a quote-unquote real family, but the circumstances they go through are incredibly real, and the way they handle them are not gracefully. Um, they have to work through them. It is a... Um, the, all, we have... All these characters are flawed. No one here is perfect at all, um, with the except, exception of Olive in the aspect that, that she is a child who is still learning things. and um, But she's just great so um I, I kind of already gave you reasons why i think it's important i think it is a great teaching tool for for youth i think that it is a great reminder for adults as well and how to um deal and navigate with certain conflicts of, of the self as well and to reflect on your purpose and your meaning and what you want and how you're going to get there and what it means when you fail um I mentioned it not being a real family. I think that the just this combination of characters, I don't know if you would find in a real family. I think you'd find a lot of them. Um, but everyone coming together in this way is such a, like, a little fairy tale in a way too, which is good in a way. But it's not a fairy tale as in everything works out magically and beautifully. But at the end of the day, we have this strong message on uh, family and how you can pull together through the face of tragedy and, and and be there for each other and comfort each other and support and love each other despite all these other things that may happen. And I think that that's, for me, that's that wholesome message that usually I'm like, man, I don't care. I usually prefer the high concept messages over that. But th this has so much existentialism in it too, some philosophical stuff and a lot of just, I don't know, it, to me, it, this movie tugs at my heartstrings in a way, not in a way that's going to make me cry, but like it makes me smile a lot and it makes me... Um, just think about family a lot and what you do to, to bring family together and, and it, uh, talking about communication, there's so many things, so many things. I'm just, I'm, I can't get to it all in a way that I can organize in a nice, neat little package and it's kind of a mess and off the rails like always. So it's, it's a beautiful film. I believe it is important for those reasons. Uh, I believe its function is an important function that it goes beyond entertainment, but yet you will be entertained. If you can get past, again, things like some profanities. Um, I don't even think that I would say that it's a lowbrow comedy. There's a few moments where things get a little blue, but it's not, um, it's not a lot by any means. And again, it's not gratuitous and it's not celebratory of those things. It is just a part of the reality. Where do I put it on my shelf before we get into spoilers here and talk a little bit about some scenes that I really love? Uh, top shelf top shelf film for the reasons that I just brought up and, and its importance, its message, but also its delivery is just something that I love. Again, that dark comedy, those realistic situations and, and how those conflicts get resolved. Uh, again, I think just for me, just how funny everyone is and how they deal with things in a certain way is a little bit beyond reality. Um, I think that characters would be a little more flawed than that. Their flaws are funny, and that's not always the case, right? Uh, and I don't know how to express that. You just, you just got to watch it. Um, 
But yeah, it shows how family can come together in the face of tragedy, but doesn't do it in this after-school special, little safe Disney way. It does it in a much more raw and realistic way. Um, yeah, I think I've given you all the reasons why it's top shelf for me. A beautiful film, and I hope you watch it, and I hope you enjoy it, and I hope you see it as um, a teaching tool, not just for young folks, uh, but for yourself as well. It's just one of those things that, again, like, it's... I don't say it's too bad that it has these other elements, because if it didn't have that, I would show it to a younger kid. Like, if you took out the profanity and the, the, the very um, minor sexual conversations that happen... Um, Again, they're just done in a way that's a little too crass. I think that even there just would be... I don't know how to explain it. You could... Whatever. Everyone's got different standards. But I think that, again, the message wins at the end of the day over that stuff. But I think that the message goes over, you know, a seven-year-old's head anyway uh, for the most part. And there's, right now, maybe more appropriate films for them that can teach similar messages. But this one... It will never replace this, and this one will be there for when they're maybe a little more of age in, like, five years or whatever. I need to get into spoilers. I gotta do it. Here is spoiler time happening now. So one of the things that I really love about this is, is a standout scene that I... It's not a deep cut by any means. I think it's the single. I think it's something that, that most people... I would assume, and I don't know, I haven't had a lot of conversations with other people about this movie. Uh, hopefully more to come after this, if some of y'all watch it, which you should. But I, I think when, when Paul's character, Dwayne, so, man, where do we start? I don't want to summarize the whole thing, but do it in detail with the spoilers and everything there. Um, I'm just going to, we're going to do that a little bit. Okay, so we have Olive who, again, played by Abigail Breslin. Uh, she is our little Miss Sunshine. She wants to go to this beauty pageant. Um, she kind of, like, did this thing one time when she was visiting her aunt, and then then they got a call saying she actually... Some girl dropped out, and then now she's gonna she's got a place in this other competition. They moved her forward because of a disqualification of another person. She does not appear to be maybe the right fit for what a beauty pageant represents and what it is and the contestants that are normally in them. But she's excited about it nonetheless, and she wants to go. We see that she's in front of the TV at the beginning, and she's kind of influenced by... I mean, she's susceptible. She is a child, and she could be influenced maybe by what she sees there. And um, we don't receive any judgment of that stuff in that moment, just what we bring to it. So we've got her as a main character. We've got Greg Kinnear playing the dad, and he is an unsuccessful motivational speaker who talks about winners and losers. And he is, by a lot of people's standards, a loser in the fact that he has not been able to make his, his program, if you want to call it that, his nine steps, I think they are, if it's nine, uh, into anything that can bring in uh, financial income. He can't monetize those things. And he's trying, and he can't seem to do it. And they've used a bunch of life savings and just can't seem to, to do it. Uh, so it's this interesting thing of someone who is projecting being a winner and he himself doesn't seem to be there in that position. But he's very, very focused all the time on winners and losers. Well, we've got his dad, uh, played by Alan Arkin, 
the brilliant. And he uh, he he's there for his son. He supports his son. Whatever. He's old, but he's he's uh, he's a real treat. Um, he, he's just a grumpy old man. Is really what he is. An R-rated, an X-rated grumpy old man who um, does drugs and 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 tries to um, have sex with a lot of women and talks very openly and explicitly about a lot of things and has very strong opinions and yeah he's he's a grumpy old man and he plays it beautifully um now we've got uh the mom played by tony collette who has her own struggles she's trying to keep everything together she's you know maybe uh She's just really stressed out. We're trying to hold everything together. And I think a lot of these things, there's a lot of stereotypes or archetypes here um, where the family members would fit right into those, oh, this is what a mom does. This is what a dad does. This is what this kid that age would be doing. This is what this kid that age would be doing. I think they all fit into those stereotypes, which is interesting because they also just have so much unique stuff about them as well um, and how they overcome some of the challenges uh that they are thrown and also just maybe overcoming the stereotype as well because unlike a lot a lot of maybe i don't know what you'd want to call them middle class suburban moms who are more homemakers than than career women or whatever um that 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 be helicopter parents and trying to really shield their children from things whereas in this case she wants to support her daughter, but also teach her things along the way that are really difficult um, concepts, maybe for that age, but doesn't want to shield her from those things. Um, you know, and, 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 and her character also, um, she's got vices. She's smoking and stressing and, and whatever and can't seem to kick that habit. Uh, anyway, then we got uh, Steve uh, Carell's character, and I forgot his name right now, so that's fun. Um, who is our kind of one of our surprise additions to this this family uh, at the last minute, and that is um, that is uncle that he he's uh, he's playing the uncle, and he's gay, and he's a philosopher, and he's he was a professor, and he is suicidal, and he attempted to commit suicide, so that's his thing, and then we've got uh, Dwayne played by Paul, our our teenage son who is going through teenage stuff and handling his um, angst in a very different way. But I just need to give you the setup of all those characters in case you're watching this and you haven't watched the film, uh, but you want to, to know more of what it's about before you watch it. I, it's, it's worth a watch no matter what, even if you get into spoilers here, which you are. But uh, yeah, so, so Dwayne, I think he's supposed to be like 15, and uh, he's taken on a vow of silence to complete a goal. He's uh, been reading a lot of... Friedrich Nietzsche. Um, <laughs> I always have to like really overpronounce a lot of that when I say it, just because I think it's fun. But uh, the philosopher who's famous for saying God is dead and a lot of other awesome quotes. Uh, I don't know if that one's awesome, but I mean it's more of like God is dead and then Nietzsche is dead is more of a anyway. I'm not going to get into to Friedrich Nietzsche that much, but uh, very famous German philosopher who was uh, very, very harsh about a lot of things, wrote about a lot of things um, that uh, pertain to the existence of man, like any philosopher. But anyway, he, uh, 
Dwayne started reading him, and, and he has this goal to fly in the Air Force, and apparently he's taken on a vow of silence for, I don't remember how many months at that point, that he hasn't spoken, and uh, he hates his family. He thinks that they're all losers and they suck, and he doesn't want to be a part of the family, and I think that's a pretty... Um, consistent theme with with teens um <laughs> i think that 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 again falls into the stereotype but again it's done in a very different way so that's kind of our setup here for where these characters are coming from and then we have all of them who are basically coming on this trip to support the child to support this innocent youth olive on her journey to go to this beauty pageant that that it's just interesting how they support her in this um, without, despite the fact there's a lot of communication breakdowns in this film, that's one of them where they don't really discuss with her, like, hey, you do know, like, this isn't built for you. You, we're, you go do it. Be you and, and can compete. But, like, it's not, it is built for certain types of people, and those people are not you, and we want you to be you and don't change and try to fit into that mold or whatever that conversation could be, Right. And we've got a lot of conflict along the way um, that happens on this journey. We've got conflict before the journey begins, right? Um, because we're aware of, you know, man, I forget his name, but uh, Steve Carell's character um, coming to live with them for a little while as, as his sister gets him from the psychiatric ward or wherever he was, the hospital, um, to, to bring him home so that he can be kind of monitored a bit. And then we've got Grandpa, who also got kicked out at some point, a couple days earlier maybe, from his nursing home for getting high. And we have some, some conflict there, even between the two of them, at dinner. And then we get the introduction of like, hey, you're going to go to California. And then they decide to do it. And along the way, there's all these other things that break down. of Just the financial situation and failures of the father. Um, we've got the flaws of the son as well. And it's, it's interesting, that relationship between father and son, because his dad just exudes this, this very harsh <laughs> um, expression of, of being a winner. You need to be a winner. You need to win. You need to... And what that means... It doesn't mean doing your best. It means actually succeeding, and there's these steps to do that or whatever, which is interesting because he's reading Nietzsche, um, and, and there's some parallels there. But, yeah, I forgot where I was. So, yeah, along, we, yeah, the, the failures of the father, the flaws of the son along the way. Uh, while they're on this journey, a couple of key things happen. Their vehicle breaks down in a couple ways, and that provides some humor. And also, it gives them a very tangible conflict to overcome together, which is having to push this vehicle in order to get it started again, uh, in order to get it fast enough so they can slip into a different gear uh, because they don't have time or maybe money to, to get this thing fixed, uh, but definitely not time. And they have this very physical, tangible conflict that they can deal with as a family, and they can taste some success there. And they've got these other conflicts along the way that are much more b based on relationships and individuals' problems, etc., um, Grandpa dies along the way. Let's just get that out of there. Grandpa dies along the way. Uh, he overdoses, is what the doctor um, insinuates. 
So it's also just his flaw, too. We don't know. It's interesting because we have this thing of judgment. We don't know why Olive is into beauty pageants exactly, why she likes that or whatever. We don't think it's pushed by any of her family members, or not immediate family, maybe her aunt, um, that we never see, that she went and visited once, or at least once. Um, but we also have Gramps, who's doing drugs, and we don't know why. Is it because he's, it, it, he's got physical ailments from... Uh, from the war he fought in, like, we don't know. Um, but there's reasons why he's, he's doing them, and we can't pass judgment necessarily. I mean, we could, but it would also be like passing judgment on Olive. Again, there's this parallel between the youngest and oldest um, character characters, but we, we don't, I, I don't think we pass judgment on either of those things because we don't know enough information. Um, you could say that about anybody, about everything, but... I think with them especially, there's a certain amount of innocence because of their age, and uh, we make assumptions about why they do things, um, not the specifics, but that they're not nefarious, right? And uh, along the way, we're also confronted with um, Steve Carell's character's lover that he meets at a gas station, and there's a misunderstanding there with some things, and we kind of judge Steve maybe a little bit, or his character, for some of the choices he's made in in men too because we're like why would you be with that dude he seems like a complete idiot um and not who you seem to be as a person which is just interesting i i saved paul for last because i wanted to talk specifically about the conflict that that comes up there where he learns through an innocent game with his sister that he's colorblind and he can't fly if he's colorblind so all this um all these things he's been doing to achieve his goals to get into the Air Force and to get into the Academy uh, have been for naught because he cannot do it. Uh, you can't fly if you're colorblind, apparently. That's that's what's said there. I don't know the specifics of that. I haven't looked it up myself. But it makes sense um, because colors are important when you're doing technical things at, at high speeds that involve people's lives, especially other than your own, and expensive equipment, etc. So um, it makes sense. And he freaks out, and he has my favorite scene in the movie where he can't contain his, his emotions about this. And he is, it, it, there's so much in him that he can't contain it, and he's physically trying to just release his stress somehow without opening his mouth. And I don't know if it's because there's enough discipline in him that he knows that he can't do that while they're driving or if it's because he's still trying not to speak but it's like he like they need to pull over they're driving on the highway and pulling over and stopping is a big deal because the vehicle doesn't work and can't just they got to push it again or whatever um but he he is so overwhelmed and he it's like he's it looks for a moment like he's trapped in a jar and he's trying to get out and, and really, I think it's just, honestly, physical pressure on something could help alleviate anxiety. And so I understand him wanting to put that energy into something and push against it. Um, but he, he gets out, he runs, and he screams the F-bomb, if you will. And uh, he just doesn't want to continue. He's just, just go without me. He's crying, he's upset, he's completely overwhelmed, his dreams are shattered... And 
He doesn't. He doesn't want to. He doesn't want to continue with the family. He wants them to go without him. The family doesn't know what to do to get him back in the vehicle to to go. He freaks out at them. Basically calls them all losers and that he does not care about them. He doesn't want to be around them. Lists all the reasons: uh, bankruptcy and divorce, suicide, all these things that he perceives as failures. And it's interesting again, just parallel as to how different he is from his father, but how judgmental he is as well in some of the similar ways. Um, and eventually Olive, our just innocent character, comes down and just kind of like sits beside him and holds some space, and then he's able to, to do it for her and to pull together and, and recognize that in this moment, um, there's nothing, he, I don't know exactly what he's feeling and thinking, but there's nothing he can do about his situation right now but he can go and support her. And he's still really dealing with this, his personal tragedy. And the reason I love this scene so much is not just because it is a, man, this, I, I, I fell in love with Paul here. Like this was my introduction to him as an actor. First thing I really saw him in, and I've seen him in, in, in a bunch of things after this, but just powerful, powerful scene, beautifully acted. Um, just amazing. But also at this point in the film are my favorite scenes as well because he's talking. And there's a moment where Steve Carell's character mentioned, like Paul's uncle, mentions like, I'm glad that you're talking again. And, uh, and I think that we're all better for it. And that he has these insights that I don't think are above him. He, the parallels he makes between life and, and the beauty contest. But also he says, you know, do what you love and F the rest. And... Um, I think that he's, you know, well on his way to be a, a young philosopher. Um, but the discussion that him and his uncle have, the way that they play off each other a lot, throughout the film, even before he, he speaks, they, they play off each other a lot, and this, those are my favorite moments. Uh, so this scene that really opens him up to talking and gets him more in the forefront because, um, I mean, he, he demands attention other times without speaking, for sure. But when we do hear him speak, it doesn't ruin it. So his character is not built on just his silence. It is all these things that he has to say and, and who he is and what he's going through and how he views all the conflicts that the family's having. Um, he just outlines so many things about to me, I think he is the great communicator of the movie. He is the great communicator of what this movie is about, what is happening and why, and what he wants and doesn't want, and, and introduces the topics to us, the audience, um, through his actions and his speech. Um, I don't know what else to say. I got on some spoilers there. Just... To just just because I love talking about them and, and kind of giving a fuller picture of this film and my kind of review of it and why I love it so much, it's just a real slice. I guess that's another thing. I guess it's a slice of life in a way. That is also what it is, if I want to put it into a genre. But it is, uh, again, a lot of just realistic stuff here fed to you in, in, in raw presentation, realism, but carrying such a wholesome and much needed message and many messages, 
but especially the one of being yourself for yourself, figuring out what's important to you, uh, acting on those values, in this case, family. Um, but, yeah, it, it, um, I don't even know what to say about it anymore. I talked about it so darn much, and again, I think the message far outweighs those things that some people might shy away from, because I think that this is also something so much youth can learn from, um, and in some ways the sooner the better, but I'm on that fence. I'm on that fence, which just is consistent with mom and dad conversations in the film of when people should be learning certain lessons, and I think that's interesting too. <laughs> that's just interesting that that happens there, and I'm just like, when should I introduce this movie to a child? What age or what maturity level should they be? Because I don't really know. Little Miss Sunshine.